0: 70 years with KBS World Radio, 70 years of Global Korea. Throughout the year, we celebrate the 70th anniversary of KBS World Radio with the voices of our listeners from all over the world. KBS World Radio KBS World Radio Hello to the staff members
1: and the listeners of KBS World Radio. My name is Roman Novikov and I live in Russia. My favorite radio station is celebrating its 70th anniversary. This year is a special one for me personally as well, because it's been exactly 30 years since I started to listen to KBS World Radio. It taught me so much about Korea. We didn't have the internet back then and KBS World Radio was the only way for me to learn many interesting facts about Korea. I've been an official monitor for the Russian service for quite a while now and I happily plan on tuning in for many years to come. I wish everyone at KBS World Radio health and success. Thank you for your hard work.
0: 70 years with KBS World Radio, 70 years of global Korea. KBS World Radio brings Korea to you wherever you are.
2: Monday, the 11th of December, and welcome to Korea 24. I'm your host, Pon Jiangwo. An extraordinary session has begun at the National Assembly to try and pass the 2024 budget and other contentious bills. We'll learn more details in news briefing shortly. Cases of mycoplasma pneumonia have been growing in Korea and in various countries around the world, mostly affecting children. We'll find out more about the disease for our in depth today. And coming up for Monday's Sports Roundup, we found out who has survived the K-League promotion relegation playoffs. We'll also preview the short track speed skating ISU World Cup coming to Korea for the first time in six years. Let's begin Korea 24. The National Assembly began an extraordinary session on Monday to pass the delayed budget for next year and handle other unresolved issues. Rival parties plan to accelerate negotiations and pass the budget bill during next Wednesday's plenary session, but the passage is likely to be contentious with the parties still wide apart on some budget items while they also expected to clash over motions on special council investigations involving the Taejongdong development scandal and First Lady Kim Kani. For this and our other major headlines of the day, we have in the studio with us Deputy Editor in Chief of KBS World's English News Service, Kim In young hello. Hello, Channel. So Parliament convened Monday to begin this extraordinary session. That's after the regular session ended two days ago without the 2024 budget bill being passed. This is a chance to rectify that before the year ends. How far apart are the main parties regarding the bill?
3: Well, the rival parties are set to negotiate next year's government budget through a 2-plus-2 consultative body, but they still have to bridge a considerable gap. The main opposition Democratic Party is calling to restore some $5 won in research and development funds that was cut from the budget. The parties have agreed to hold two plenary sessions on December 20th and 28th, as well as on January 9th. If the parties fail to come to an agreement before the plenary session next Wednesday, the DP, which holds the majority, plans to unilaterally pass its own reduced budget.
2: But the ruling and opposition parties are also expected to clash on other fronts during the session. Can you explain?
3: On December 28th, the DP is pushing to pass motions on special counsel investigations into allegations of stock manipulation against First Lady Kim Geun-hee, as well as bribery suspicions surrounding the Daejang-dong development project, which have been designated as fast-track bills to prevent them from pending for too long. The main opposition will also propose a parliamentary investigation into three controversial issues, including an expressway construction project that was completely scrapped earlier this year after suspicions that the updated plan was designed to benefit the First Lady's family. The other two investigations cover the death of a young Marine who was swept away by strong currents during a flood rescue operation in July and the deadly flooding of an underpass in Osong in the same month.
2: That's not all at the National Assembly. There are also confirmation hearings for six new ministerial candidates and the new Korea Communications Commission chairman for the rival parties to clash over as well.
3: That's right. The parties agreed to hold a confirmation hearing for Finance Minister nominee Choi next Tuesday. The confirmation hearing for oceans and fisheries minister nominee Kang Do-young is expected to be especially contentious, as it was found that he has a record of drunk driving and violence. The DP is calling for President Yoon song yeol to rescind his nomination. Kang apologized for his transgressions on Monday, saying that he had done things he shouldn't have when he was young, but said that he has changed his way since then. Kang is a marine science researcher and headed the Korea Institute of Ocean Science and Technology since February of this year.
2: Can you expand a bit more for us on his DUI and violence record?
3: Yes, in 2004, the nominee, who was 34 at the time, was ordered to pay a fine of 1.5 million won, or a little over 1,000 US dollars, for DUI. Five years before that, he was hit with a 300,000 won penalty for violating the Punishment of Violence Act.
2: Amid that backdrop, President Yoon departed for a four day state visit to the Netherlands on Monday. Bilateral cooperation on semiconductors will feature highly during the trip. Can you tell us more?
3: Yes. In an interview with AFP published on Sunday, Yoon said that his visit will focus on boosting collaboration in semiconductors, which he described as the linchpin of the two nations' bilateral cooperation. He stressed that the stable and sustainable growth of the global semiconductor industry is directly related to the interests of both countries. A summit with Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte on Wednesday is expected to include discussions on the establishment of a new dialogue on semiconductors and efforts to identify joint projects. On Tuesday, you will visit the headquarters of ASML, which is the world's sole supplier of extreme ultraviolet lithography machines used to make advanced microchips. The presidential office hopes that the visit will contribute to improved stability of equipment supplies for South Korean chipmakers and strengthen semiconductor supply chain recovery amid geopolitical conflicts and economic security crisis.
2: Turning to other news, can you update us on the latest situation on urea supplies since China's export suspension for the compound last month?
3: According to the government on Monday, the prices and inventory of urea in the country remain at ordinary levels despite the suspension. As of last Thursday, the price of urea sold at pumps nationwide stood at 1,602 won per litre, around $1.22, with the usual prices between 1,300 and 1,800 won. The government survey also found that 96.5% of gas stations nationwide have urea in stock. The government recently signed a contract to import some 10,000 tons of the compound with a third country other than China, increasing the nation's inventory from three months as of the end of November to four as of last Friday. A swift test system is being prepared to expedite the import of the substance, while reduced tariffs on urea from Indonesia and Saudi Arabia will also be applied as part of efforts to diversify the source of imports. Authorities are also considering domestic production facilities for urea.
2: Meanwhile, the government will launch a committee next June to serve as a pan-government control tower for reviewing and adjusting policies aimed at stabilizing supply chains. Can you tell us more?
3: Yes, the committee, which will include the heads of central administrative institutions as well as economy and security experts, is expected to finalize a basic plan on supply chain stability policies and state support in the second half of 2024 before establishing a year-by-year implementation plan by January 2025. Supplies and raw materials necessary for the stable maintenance of the national economy will be designated as economic security items through a review by the panel in the latter half of next year.
2: And finally, RM and V of K-pop group BTS began their
3: mandatory military
2: service on Monday. He us more.
3: As you know, Jin, J-Hope and Suga began their mandatory duty last December, April and September of this year, respectively, while remaining members Jimin and Jungkook are set to begin their service on Tuesday. The septet hopes to resume activities as a whole group once RMV, Jimin and Jungkook complete the conscription in June 2025.
2: We're going to wrap it up there for today's uh, news briefing. Thank you for bringing us those updates. Thank you. Nations around the globe have seen a spike in cases of mycoplasma pneumonia in recent weeks. An unprecedented surge in the respiratory disease in China has been making headlines, but outbreaks have also been reported in Ireland, France, Denmark and in Ohio in the US as well. South Korea is no exception. According to data from the Korea Disease Control and Prevention Agency last Wednesday, the number of hospitalized patients stood at 270 in the fourth week of November, which was 1.6 times higher than the first week. Around 80 percent of cases involve children under the age of 12 as well. To talk more about the disease and what needs to be done to prevent it from spreading further. We're joined online by internal medicine professor Yi Hansung at Severance Hospital in Seoul. Professor Yi, hello, it's good to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me. First off, can you explain for our listeners what mycoplasma pneumonia is exactly and how it's different from other types of pneumonia?
4: Sure. Um... Mycoplasma pneumonia is the infection of the lungs caused by microorganisms called mycoplasma pneumonia. While what we call atypical pneumonia, depending on the microorganisms, can cause severe illness and lead to hospitalizations, atypical pneumonia, like mycoplasma, tend to be mild and self-limiting. However, there are severe cases of of mycoplasma pneumonia with complications.
2: Right, so it's the fact that there are severe cases that we need to be uh, concerned about, although most people do recover from this, and naturally it's those, uh, minor severe, it's those severe cases uh, that we should be careful of. How does this respiratory disease spread exactly?
4: <clears throat> um, microorganisms that cause mycoplasma pneumonia is primarily transmitted from person to person uh, via respiratory droplets. Uh, non-epidemic infections occur all year round, but rates starts to rise in summer and peaks in late fall or in the winter. Outbreaks occur every three uh, or seven years, because and because mycoplasma is spread via respiratory droplets, epidemics frequently arise among persons living in close quarters like high households, uh, schools, dormitories, universities, uh, healthcare facilities, and the military.
2: Right. I think this will sound familiar to a lot of people after what we experienced during the COVID-19 pandemic as well. Uh, Can you tell us about the symptoms of this disease? And is there any way we can distinguish it from other respiratory diseases like the flu and COVID-19?
4: Yeah, the symptoms vary according to the stage of the illness. Uh, and commonly reported symptoms and signs include fever, cough, fatigue, shortness in breath, headaches, sore throat, so it is basically indistinguishable from other respiratory illnesses that you mentioned, and additional laboratory testing would be needed to make an accurate diagnosis, but uh, some clinicians point out that the cough in mycoplasma tend to be nonproductive, which means producing less sputum compared to the productive cough in COVID-19 or the flu.
2: I see. So perhaps one trait that you can look out for is less sputum. What's the treatment for this disease? I understand that there is no vaccine as well.
4: Yes, you're right. Uh, For treatment, doctors uh, will use an antibiotic with activity against mycoplasma. The preferred choice would be a class of antibiotics called macrolides.
2: Okay. And uh, we talk about, we'll talk a bit more about antibiotics in just a minute. But uh, what factors do you think are driving the current surge in cases in South Korea at the moment? Well, in
4: South Korea, mycoplasma pneumonia causes epidemics every three or four years. And the last outbreak was before uh, COVID-19, which was in 2019, uh, when we had over uh, 13,000 admissions attributed to mycoplasma. So the uptick we are seeing this year uh, was pretty much expected. Mycoplasma is transmitted uh, via respiratory droplets, and people not wearing masks anymore can be a driving factor and also decreased awareness of infectious disease uh, could also have played a role.
2: Uh, I understand in medical circles, there is an argument that resistance to antibiotics uh, used to treat uh, such illnesses have contributed to the increase in cases as well. Uh, the KDCA believes that the resistance rate may rise even further if the number of uh, patients increase in the coming months. What are your views on this concern?
4: So there are... Uh, isn't a solid um, scientific evidence to dispute or support the argument that the medical circle is having right now, but the macrolide resistant issue has been a subject of debate for over a decade. So this isn't something new that mm. we are dealing uh, with here. It's been, the discussion has been out there uh, for uh, about a decade now and the resistant rates might rise. Uh, I think if there is influx from China and the resistant microorganisms from China somehow uh, extends to the community, but no one knows for sure at this juncture.
2: Right. So it is a theory, but it's just a theory for now. It still has to be proven, but it is something that we should uh, be watching out for as well. Uh, The majority of cases as well, as you mentioned at the start, It's among children under the age of 12 in South Korea, and that is obviously causing a lot of concern for a lot of people. Why is this? Why are adults less likely to be susceptible to mycoplasma pneumonia? Uh,
4: So let me first uh, tell you the nature of the disease. Uh, It's typically mild and mostly asymptomatic. For some reasons that are unknown and uh, we haven't figured out yet is that specific age brackets are susceptible to some infections, while uh, some age brackets are not. In the case of mycoplasma pneumonia, it affects children and young adults. Uh, why this is concerning is that for young adults and children over 12, we have uh, another uh, line of antibiotics that we can use after uh, for the wide mycopy- resistant uh, strains. For the children under 12, uh, there is um, the agents are less available. So that's causing a lot of concern in the medical uh, community.
2: Right. So it's ca- causing concern. But Professor, how concerned should we be overall? Should we be panicking yet? Or is this something that uh, we should perhaps for now just watch? Because you said earlier that it's something that comes around every three to four Real, years... Yes and uh, although uh, there are concerns about uh, antibiotic resistance at the moment it's not been proven yet so what level of concern should we be at the moment
4: so i think uh the public officials should raise awareness but uh, i'll tell you that this disease is rarely fatal and the odds of developing into a severe disease is pretty low Uh, i'm not um instilling confidence in in the uh Parents or the community, but you don't have to be uh, so devastated over the news. There is treatment, and there are secondary treatments uh, also available in the market. So there isn't much to worry about. That's that's my take here.
2: Okay, we are, of course, sensitive to outbreaks of infectious diseases because of the COVID-19 pandemic the world recently went through. Uh, This is not on the same scale uh, you're saying, but uh, because cases are increasing, and because it's affecting children, uh, it has caused a lot of concern for a lot of people. Uh, Any advice you would like to give to health authorities to try and prevent the further spread of this disease, though?
4: Well, I think the most important thing that the health officials can do right now is build more surveillance. Um, And uh, after surveillance, we could detect if there's any uh, suspicious outbreak uh, because these outbreaks occur mostly in crowded settings. Uh, Then we can probably trace uh, where the outbreak happened and uh, maybe even take public health Actions if necessary, as uh, like quarantine mm-hmm. a student or or uh, providing medications to young adults, uh, second one is uh, advise uh, the public to practice uh, basic hygiene, uh, like washing your hands after you come home and um, you don't want uh, another uh, respiratory illness combined with the, the mycoplasma pneumonia. So if there's an available
2: vaccine for
4: other diseases, you should get them uh, according to the schedule.
2: Right. And you said washing hands. Is that the best way? Uh, what about wearing masks? Is there anything masks, in particular that yes. parents should know as well? Yes,
4: I would uh, definitely uh, recommend wearing the masks. Um, and for the parents, uh, I would like to advise that uh, it's not, a severe disease, uh, you have little to worry about. There's available medication out there. Um, uh, but in case uh, your children or, or uh, anyone in your household has contracted the disease, uh, prevent them from going to school and, and prevent them from uh, spreading the disease to the classmates or, or the, uh, the, the, the people in the school.
2: Yes, hopefully uh, those words will be reassuring to some people and we certainly hope that this situation doesn't escalate further. Uh, we'll leave it there. We've been speaking to Professor Ehan han from Severance Hospital. Professor, thank you once again for your time today.
4: Thank you.
0: Welcome to the Korea24 Stock and Forex Update. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index gained 7.51 points, or 0.30% on Monday, to close the day at 2,525.36. The Tech of also jumped, climbing 4.88 points, or 0.59%, to close at 835.25. On the foreign exchange, the local currency weakened, 9.71 against the U.S. dollar, closing the day at 1,316.51. You can check Korean stock and forex closings at world.kbs.co.kr.
2: We've come to Korea Trending Now, our daily segments where we take a look at some other news stories that have been trending online. And for that, we have with us in the studio, Diane Yu. Diane, hello. It's good to see you again. Hello, Jango. Let's get straight into the first story. What do you have for us?
5: There's a growing number of cases of people falling for SMS phishing in Korea. Also known as smishing, it's a phishing cybersecurity attack carried out over mobile text messaging. It's categorized as a type of attack that heavily relies on exploiting human trust, so the users need to be extra careful. And these days, scammers are taking advantage of other people's sadness to commit fraud and take their money.
2: Yes, we've talked about multiple types of scams and phishing in the past and the difficulties people have telling them apart from real messages. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us some more about this latest scam?
5: Well, in Korea, when someone passes away, it's normal for a family member to send obituaries via text message. The message includes a link that holds information such as the date of death and location of the funeral home. However, scammers send similar-looking messages with a URL that installs malicious code once someone has clicked the link. Even if it looks like nothing happened when you click on the link, there is a high possibility that invisible malicious code has been planted on your phone, and your personal and financial information may be leaked through remote control.
2: Yes, it's really sad to think that these criminals are using people's potential grief to steal money from them. It's really awful. Uh, But that's not all right. There are other ways that scammers are trying to steal data and information.
5: That's right. The National Pension Service announced that there have been cases of smishing with links being sent pretending to be the public pension fund and advised not to open any suspicious links and check with this customer service centre or a nearby branch. Police and experts say that while people's awareness of scams impersonating agencies has increased, phishing using phone messages is becoming more sophisticated as people don't really question the messages they get.
2: Yeah, so what should you do if you receive a similar message?
5: Before accessing the link, it's necessary to first check with the actual person whom you got the message from. If you accidentally click on the link, it's recommended to check for any unconfirmed apps, files or malware installed on your phone and reset the phone immediately.
2: Yes, please be careful out there. Be wary of any sort of messages and calls that you get and make sure that you don't press any links on any sort of uh suspicious text messages right okay let's move on to our second story of the day what do you have for us
5: the popularity of one of the most pop- sought after jobs in korea real estate agent seems to be waning along with the housing markets deterioration according to the human resources development service of korea on sunday the number of applicants and people who passed this year's real estate agent qualification test is the lowest since 2016.
2: Right. Now, just to give some background on this test, the reason why it's popular is because it's a test that anyone can take, regardless of age, gender and even educational background. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was even given the nickname middle aged exam, because people who were thinking about retiring would take the exam so that it could possibly make a career change later in their lives. But you said there's been a sharp decrease. Can you give us exact numbers?
5: In the 34th real estate agent qualification exam, which was held in October, a total of over 287,000 people applied, and about 200,000 actually took the exam, of which about 42,600 passed. Compared to last year, the number of applicants for the test decreased by more than 100,000, the number of actual test takers decreased by 64,000, and the number of successful candidates decreased by nearly 20,000. So as you can see, the figures, plummeted. Mm. The number of applicants and test takers is the lowest in seven years and the number of successful applicants is the lowest in eight years.
2: And as you alluded to in the beginning, a possible reason to explain this decreasing popularity
5: is largely due to the housing market Being in a deep slump. Yes, the real estate brokerage industry continues to be in a recession amidst the housing market crisis. According to the Korea Association of Real Estaters, an average of about 1,200 real estate agent offices have closed each month this year due to the harsh reality. This is not the first time we've witnessed this trend. The real estate agent qualification test, which was first held in 1985, has been gaining and losing popularity depending on the real estate market.
2: Right, but the fact that the situation has turned around so quickly this time has uh, caused quite a concern. There's, uh, there was the uh, highest number of people who wanted to become a real estate agent in 2020 and 2021,
5: right? Right. When real estate transaction volume and housing prices continued to soar over th- those two years, the all-time record for the applicants for the test was set at nearly 400,000. To put that number in perspective, around 440,000 students took the college scholastic ability test or Sunung in Korean. So that shows you just how popular the test was.
2: Yes, indeed. So another clear sign of how much the market is now uh, suffering at the moment. Mm -hmm. Let's continue on to our third story. What else do you have for us today?
5: South Korean boy band ATEEZ got its first number one on the Billboard 200 chart with its second full-length album, the world episode Final Will. According to the American Music and Entertainment Magazine on Sunday local time, ATEEZ clinched the top spot for the week of December 16th, beating other prominent albums by famous pop singers like Taylor Swift and Drake.
2: Right. And compared to other charts that the magazine releases, the Billboard 200 is mostly based on sales, right?
5: Correct. The Billboard 200 is a chart that ranks the 200 most popular music albums and EPs of the week in the U.S. EP, short for Extended Play, is an album release that is longer than a single but shorter than a full-length one. And as you said, it's mostly based on sales of physical and digital albums in the U.S., but it also takes into consideration music and video streams. As of December 7th, the world episode final Will earned 152,000 album units in the U.S. 99% of sales came from physical albums, while 1% came from digital downloads. The 12 tracks that are on the album also received a total of over 7.59 million official streams.
2: Yes, even though K pop has really grown in recent years, it's still not an easy feat for a K-pop act to reach the top of this chart, right?
5: That's right. Only six other K-pop acts achieved this milestone before ATEEZ. They include BTS, Blackpink, New Jeans, and Street Kids, who managed to grab two number ones last year. But ATs's feat feels a bit more impressive. That's because the group is the first act that is not part of Korea's so called four music giants, Hybe, SM, YG, and JIP to Reached the top spot of the Billboard 200 chart. They come from a small agency called KQ Entertainment.
2: Right, that is impressive indeed, but not completely unprecedented, of course. Even Hybe, formerly Big Hit Entertainment, was considered a small agency when uh, BTS was first starting to gain popularity. True. So who knows how far 80s can go, but it's great to see that another considered smaller agency can do it again congratulations on mm. them for this feat that's where we're going to wrap it up for today's career trending thank you for those stories diane and we'll talk to again next time see you next time <laughs> Next up it's Monday Sports Roundup gathering the latest updates, results and headlines from the world of sport in Korea and with the knowledge to inform us on all that it is sports reporter Yoo ho from the Yonhap News Agency. Jiho, hello, it's great to have you with us.
6: Yeah, it's great to be here too
2: we begin with domestic football and news that suwon fc and kangwon fc will be staying put in the k-league one for another season that's after they survived the promotion relegation playoffs they both won their return legs at home on saturday to avoid going down to the k-league two so jiho how did it go down
6: yeah with the uh, suwon fc uh you know this is a really dramatic rally for them Against the Busan I Park, they won the, uh, the the playoff against Busan six to four on aggregate score. While kawan FC defeated Tenmen Kimpo FC two to one in the second leg after the teams played the first leg, and ended up in a goalless draw. Now Suwon lost the opening leg two to one, and their key midfielder Eunseong Wu was suspended for the return leg after earning two yellow cards and ejection on Wednesday's uh, during Wednesday's first leg. So, uh, and and things took a turn for the worse. When Busan actually scored first in the second leg and built a 3-1 aggregate score lead. Uh, but then Suwon fought back with two late goals in the second half, uh, tied a 3-3 on aggregate at the end of 90 minutes, so the teams went to extra time. And then Suwon's uh, Lee Kwang Hyuk scored five minutes into the 30-minute uh, extra session. Uh, Jung Jae-yong followed six minutes later to give Suwon a 4-1 lead uh, for the match and 5-3 advantage on aggregate. Uh, Busan actually responded with a goal in 114 minutes to make things a little more interesting. But Ricardo Lopez scored the dagger for Suwon three minutes later for the wild, wild victory there.
2: Indeed, that was clearly the more dramatic game out of the two playoffs. Ten goals mm-hmm. on aggregate <laughs> over two legs uh, right. in extra time is off three goals, four, three goals in extra time, I believe. Four, I think five, five goals, sorry, four, four actually, four, four sorry, goals sorry, in extra go. time as well. So yes, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty incredible. Uh, but the Kangwon uh, kimpo playoffs, I imagine, was no less tense. Can you tell us about that as well?
6: Yeah, sure. Uh, like I said, the first match I ended in a goalless draw, so whoever won the second leg outright would have, you know, would win the playoffs and play in the K-League one for next year. Uh, for Kangwon, uh, Victor Gabriel actually played the hero, scoring on 50 and 75 minutes in a 2-1 victory after the, you know, the teams actually couldn't score anything in the first one. Now, Kimpo suffered a big blow around the 70th minute mark when their top scorer, Luis Fabian Mina, was sent off on a straight red card for elbowing a Kangwon player in the box Uh, Gabriel scored a penalty there and then uh, he scored another one later on for the victory so both of the K League one teams that ended up in the playoffs survived the tests Uh, for Kimpo pretty tough break you know this is only their second year of existence Uh, they were knocking on the doors would have been a really really great story for them but uh, they're gonna have to wait at least for another season to get uh, get up to the K
4: League one
2: yes heartbreak for both the Kimpo and and Busan, but a huge sigh of relief for Suwon FC and Kangwon. Their fans will be hoping that they don't have to go through this uh, pain all over again next year, but I guess we'll have to see. So with the conclusion of these playoffs, the K-League season has now ended. Jiho, it's been another exciting year. Let's recap some of the uh, big stories from the 2023 season.
6: Sure. I think the big big thing for me is this was a season of firsts four teams at the top and the very bottom of the tables. Wusan Hyundai FC won their back to back K League One titles, uh, first time defending a title in their club history. And also at the bottom, Suwon Samsung Blue Wings, suffering their first ever relegation to the K League Two. Wusan uh, clinched their second straight title at the end of October with three matches to spare, and they lost consecutive matches just once all season. So pretty consistent, very dominant at the top. You know, this is a team that had been runners-up in three straight years from uh, 2019 to 2021, finally breaking through it last year. And then uh, they also produced their second straight K League One MVP with defender Kim Young Guan getting the honor after Lee Chang won it last year. And their head coach Hong Myung Bo getting voted the coach of the year for the second straight season uh, just last month. Uh, at the end of, at the other end of the spectrum, uh, we had the four-time champions Suwon Samsung finishing in dead last place, suffering direct relegation to the K-League 2, not even getting a chance in the prom- promotion relegation playoffs like they did last, last season. Uh, they went through four different coaches this year alone, uh, needing a win in their season finale versus Kawan FC. They instead ended up getting a goalless draw, and they're going to be playing in the second division for the first time in their club history.
2: Yes, and Kim Sangmu will be taking their place in the K League One. So there's uh, going to be a long break now until the new season, a couple of months' time. But in the meantime, there is of course the final week of the AFC Champions League group stage this week, and the Asian Cup coming up in January, of course. So plenty of exciting football action to look forward to until the new domestic season for Korean fans. Okay, next we are turning to winter sports in speed skating. Korean sprinter and rising star Kim Min-sun continued to thrive back in her old pair of boots. She picked up a gold and a silver at the latest ISU World Cup stop in Poland over the weekend. She has now reached the podium in three consecutive races after returning to her more familiar boots. Can you tell us uh, a little bit more about what's been happening with her?
6: Yeah, so there's no going back. Uh, There's no more experimenting with a new pair of boots for Kim Min-sun. She won the first... Of two 500 meter races on Friday in Poland with a time of 37.82 seconds, and then finished in second place the next day in the second 500 meter races, 500 meter race at 37.96 seconds. So she has been under 38 seconds in all three races uh, she's had since deciding to go back to her old pair of boots. Uh, she'd done it just once in four races beforehand while she was experimenting with a new pair. Now, it could typically take skaters varying amounts of time to get really adjusted to a new pair of boots. Uh, Kim Min-sun decided to make a switch at the start of this season with an eye on the uh, 2026 Winter Olympics. So really a long-term view. Uh, But ultimately, I think she decided, you know what, I'd rather be winning races in the short term. Uh, You know, I I guess it's also important to kind of have the feeling of winning races. Mm. Whereas when she was skating in in the new pair, uh, she was finishing third uh, sometimes out of top five uh, her time was worn great but uh you know now she's back in the, i guess the more familiar pair of boots uh she's consistently in the in the 37 second range and uh, uh she's been really great uh over the past three races
2: right so does that mean the experiment isn't completely over or is she gonna wait uh to see further down the line
6: well she says she might go back to the new one maybe next year but for now I guess for the rest of this season she's, she's getting in the, uh, the current pair of boots and uh, you know I mean who's to mess with the success right she's been posting <laughs> really good times and uh, I, I think she's happy where she is right now
2: Right there are high hopes for her for 2026 so every move she makes is being watched including uh, which boot she wears. We'll continue to see whether uh, she sticks with her old boots or whether she decides to make her transition to the new skates uh, sometime in the future as well. Staying on ice starting this Friday, Seoul will be hosting its first ISU World Cup short track speed skating event since 2017. This will be the fourth leg of the World Cup season and Korean skaters have performed well over the past three stops. So there's higher hopes that they'll continue this run, right?
6: yeah high hopes uh coming into uh i guess the home ice with with the uh, world cup the fourth world cup of the season starting on friday at mokdong ice rink uh in western seoul uh the korean skaters will be coming over from beijing uh where uh, they had, you know beijing was the host of the third world cup and kim gi lee and kim gone won the women's and men's 1500 meter gold medals and Park pak Won added the medals in the men's thousand meters and men's five thousand meter relay uh, Kim Gonu has won at least one gold medal at each of the first three World Cups so far. And he's the uh, overall World Cup points leader with 534. And same for Kim ji li on the women's side. Uh, she's, you know, she w- earlier won gold medals in the 1,000 meters and 1,500 meters. She leads the World Cup overall standings for women with 615 points. And Pak Jiwon was the men's overall champion last year. He's currently in third this season so far now in the 1000 meters in beijing on sunday uh, park ti went across the line in third place but was moved up to second place after william d'angeneau of canada was penalized another korean skater chang sung-woo went up from fourth to third in the same uh, on the same situation in the men's uh, five thousand meter relay korea also caught a break when chinese and dutch skaters got tangled up and fell that allowed korea to move from last place to silver medal position in the relay Uh, the women's three thousand meter relay team also went off from bronze to silver medal position after team canada got, got uh, disqualified
2: right so that sets up the race here in south korea i'm sure there'll be lots of excitement for the races it's great to see it back here it will be taking place between the 15th and 17th of december at the mokdong ice rink here in seoul okay we'll wrap it up there for sports roundup this week jiho thank you for those updates have a great week and we'll talk to you again soon okay you too thanks for having me This is pianist Sonu yeg You're now listening to Korea 24 on
1: KBS World Radio.
2: It's time now for our closing segment, Morning Edition Preview, where we take a look at some interesting features, reports coming out in tomorrow's newspapers, namely the Korea Times and the Korea Herald who we thank for providing us with their early editions to make this segment possible. And for that, we have joining us in the studio, our staff editor, Richard Larkin. Richard, hello, it's good to see you. Hello, good to see you too. OK, so
1: what's the first article that caught your eye for tomorrow? So we are nearly at the end of 2023. Christmas is only two weeks away. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, and what I noticed when looking at tomorrow's Career Herald is that there are quite a few articles summing up the year giving us an idea of what was popular this year and what was not. Mm. Well, I've chosen one of these articles. It was written by Kim Dassel and can be found in the entertainment section of Tomorrow's Paper. And it's a review of the movies that were screened in cinemas this year.
2: Yes, perhaps a little bit early for end of year (laughs) wrap-ups. I did think about that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we're getting close enough. But anyway, uh, so this is a wrap-up of the year in movies in Korea then. Can you tell us
1: more about the review? Does it go into detail then about the types of movies that were popular? It does. There is a lot of information based on data collected by the Korea Film Council. And the data is from January 1st to December 7th. First, 111.8 million moviegoers visited theatres during this time period. Last year, that number was 112.8 million between January 1st and December 31st. So we have nearly three weeks left. Like you said, it's a bit early. So this year's number will probably be slightly bigger. It's a positive outlook, but I'm not sure if movie companies would like that. Really.
2: Yes, I think compared to last year, we would have expected a bigger increase in the number sure. of film goers, especially because we were still uh, coming out of the other end of the pandemic right. last year. And this year, there were no restrictions as such. Mm. But the fact that uh, we're seeing similar numbers to last right. year is probably a bit
1: concerning for uh, the movie companies. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now back to the type of movies that were popular. They are foreign animations and Korean budget films. There were quite a few popular animated movies this year You have Elemental which sold over 7 million tickets Then there was the Japanese animation Suzumi with over 5 million I remember we actually talked about the movie on the show Mm, Yes we did And then there was the first Slam Dunk which I was surprised to see Because I thought it came out last year but no it came out in January in Korea Yes, we were discussing this earlier.
2: Right. I can't believe it. it was only January in Korea <laughs> this year, but uh, I understand it came out in Japan yes. late last year, but in Korea it was uh, January. Yes. Uh, all three movies that you mentioned, they were hugely popular in Korea. Mm. You also mentioned Budget films
1: sought success this year. What do you mean by that? Well, yes, it did. So that means that small budget or medium budget, so mm. not, not blockbusters. Right, OK. So an interesting reason as to why they were popular was given in the article. It's all about predictability. Mm. There were Korean blockbusters that came out. For example, there was The Moon. But the main issue was that viewers are tired of predictable plots and cliches, according to industry insiders. I feel like this is becoming a global trend. So Marvel is one of the biggest examples of this. There seems to be a bit of fatigue when it comes to superhero movies. Many fans criticise the writing and the predictable stories. But when season two of the Marvel series Loki came out last month, I saw nothing but rave reviews because the writing (laughs) was great and it had a unique story.
2: Right. So although that was a series, that was proof that if you can come up with a a great story, people will still uh, see it and uh, it'll get good reviews. Mm.
1: But it seems that moviegoers then are seeking more thought-provoking and unique plots then yeah because like if the story isn't amazing then all moviegoers have to do is wait a few months and then see the blockbusters on ott platforms because that has been the trend recently mm. they have to be worth the price of a movie ticket
2: yes indeed uh the korean cinema industry will be hoping for more hits next year especially from uh, domestic films so mm. uh, all the big blockbuster hits this year most of them have failed to make even any money right. uh it's been a It's been a difficult year for the cinema industry, but uh, the uh, film 1212, The Day, the uh, political film, has been a hit recently. So hopefully Mm. that will help lift
1: the industry before the end of the year. Let's continue on to our next article. What do you have for us? Next is another summary of this year, but this time in the form of an idiom. College professors in Korea were asked to choose an idiom that best describes Korean society in 2023. Hmm. That's what Jung Min-ho's article in the National section of the Korea Times is about. The article tells us about uh, the expression, what it is, and why it was chosen. And let's just say... It's not a positive expression. Okay. But I can see why it was chosen, though. Okay, so tell us what the expression was then and why it was chosen. So it's a four-character Chinese idiom, and I am so sorry. I don't know Chinese idioms well, so I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly. (laughs) But it is gyan li mang li. Mm. In English, it means virtue was forgotten for gain. The reason why this was chosen was because professors felt that there was an um, every man for himself attitude in the country this year. I see. Which resulted in fraud cases. Examples of this trend include the rental housing scams and the issue regarding frequent violations of teachers' rights. And it seems that this was a popular thought among the professors because the idiom that was chosen as second was jugban hajang, which means a thief picking up a club. It's used to criticize shameless people. Right, so 견리 mangi and 적반
2: uh, Yes. the two idioms that were chosen. As you said, perhaps not uh, encouraging signs no. that these were the two idioms that were chosen <laughs> to represent this year, yeah. but hopefully next year will be more positive ones uh, and we, yeah, we can have a better one next year. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Okay, that's where we're going to wrap it up for uh, Morning Edition Preview. Richard, thank you for bringing us those stories and we'll see you next time. Thank you. And that's where we wrap up our show today. Thank you for staying with us. We'll be back same time tomorrow with more news, views and reviews from Korea. Till then, we hope you have a wonderful day. I've been your host, Kwon jang And thank you, as always, for listening. Goodbye.
7: offers all you need to know on Korea through its various programs. Are you into the latest K-pop tracks? Then K-pop Connection is your fix. Brian Ju brings you the best of K-pop and K-culture. On Korea 24, host Kwon Jang-ho helps listeners digest all the biggest stories coming out of South Korea. Keep up with what's happening on the peninsula by listening to Korea 24. Learn about Korean folktales on Mondays with global audiobook, Once Upon a Time in Korea. If you're a bookworm, don't miss Books on Demand, a program that introduces Korean literature to the global audience every Tuesday. Our Wednesday program, Korea Today and Tomorrow, provides news on the latest diplomatic developments in and around the Korean peninsula. Want to go deeper than K-pop? Sounds of Korea takes a closer look at various traditional music every Thursday. KBS World Radio is your go-to channel for all things Korea. Tune in!
2: Yes, World Radio.